So what I told you is true, from a certain point of view. Curry, you're up, baby. Number six. Number six. I have Solo at number six, actually. So um, I think you guys said it all great. I want to point out some people have issues with Solo in the sense of, and I, and I see this to an extent, it's wholly unnecessary to the character. We don't need it, right? It, it's a fun movie, but it's, it's not necessary. He kind of has a hero's journey before he has his hero's journey in the original trilogy. But we also see that he's younger, he's more idealistic. He does the right thing a lot of times, but he also does the wrong thing a lot of times. And he's still not afraid to be a scoundrel when he needs to be. And you can kind of see the trajectory that he would get more jaded about these things as he got older, which leads into New Hope, a New Hope pretty well. Um, it's just a fun movie. I wholeheartedly really and vehemently disagree that the Kessel Run is something I didn't want to see because I wanted to see the Kessel Run. They hype it up in so many of the movies. I mean, even Force Awakens mentions it. So the fact that we got to see that and it lived up to the hype for me um, was pretty cool. Can we talk about the return of Darth Maul? Like, that was an amazing cameo, but I hope it leads to something more. <clears throat> I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, no. Connected to the Clone Wars um, really well. Um, it's just it's just a fun movie. I think Donald Glover was perfect as Lando. Um, there's... Something I've always thought about in Star Wars is droids are treated terribly. And Solo <laughs> finally addressed it. Dude, L three. L three, do you need anything while I'm while I leave? Equal rights. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I was like, I'm so like, L three is basically black in the movie, like Lando. Okay. <laughs> they even go as far to say, like, when I think it's in Empire, it might be in A New Hope. I don't remember. C-3PO says about the Falcon, he says, like, this has the most interesting voice when he's talking to the ship or whatever. And, like, they play that into that from Solo because it's that droid's personality. Um, it, it's not a necessary movie, but it's a fun, pure Star Wars adventure that had more interesting ideas. It's the movie no one wanted, but most people enjoyed. We didn't know we needed it. So, Solo's at number six. All right. Unfortunately, not enough people went to see it. Well, that's the last Jedi's fault. That's the last Jedi right there, yeah. Well, they put it six months after it. Why would they do that? <laughs> they did that with other movies in its work, though. I think uh, I think the Vice Star Wars like feedback. Not yeah. Star Wars. Uh, okay. So let's go with my now. number six. What did you say? Sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, no, okay. no, go ahead. Two minutes. You got it. Start now. All right. My number six is Rogue One. So... Uh, this movie has been in my top five before. It's recently not in my top five, but I really do enjoy this movie. I think everyone that's talked about it already has pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think that uh, it's a really well-made, gorgeous-looking movie. Um, and I love now, you know, now that I've actually seen like Rebels and stuff, I love seeing the stuff, like catching the little stuff that they actually bring up in Rebels, Saw Guerrera and all this stuff. I, I love, I love seeing that. And if you listen in the hangar, in one of the scenes, you can hear, you can hear, uh, what is it? General Sindula? Does it, does it say general or Hera? Yep. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember if it says it goes, general. It goes, I think it does. Call it general Sindula. Yeah. General they Sindula. say so they like, mentioned her name. Yeah. It's amazing. Curry, awesome. it, 
it's right after the briefing where Jen goes, uh, rebellions are built on hope. And they say, I'm sorry. When Mothma's like, Jen, I'm sorry. It's yeah, right yeah. before they go to Scarif. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. And I, I didn't know about that until someone pointed out to me and I listen is absolutely there. So cool. So, but yeah, I love, I really do like these characters a lot, but I think I agree with you guys. The, the reason it's not in my top five anymore is that I really don't get attached. Honestly, I really felt way more with K2SO's death than any of the humans. Like, which is cool. Like, I love that they made me feel that for a droid. I mean, that really did happen. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> like, but more than our two main antagonists, even or protagonists, even, I did not, like, I didn't have a lot of feels when they died, uh, only because I didn't know them very well. But I think Josh hit the nail on the head. It's more like if you look at it as a team, I think it works better um, than as opposed to just individuals. That last space scene, that whole that last space battle, all of that. The actually the full third act of this movie is top notch Star Wars. It is incredible. The uh, I, I love the battle on Scarif. All of that stuff. It's so so good. And I gotta put it, do a. This is the last thing I'll say. Quick shout out to Michael Giacchino. He did the score to this movie and he came in at the last, like literally as late as you could possibly come in and get a score done on a movie. He came in, I can't remember how long, but it was like a month or less that he had to score this entire movie. And he, he did a great job. It's not like the best Star Wars score ever, but it's like, it's more than, it's more than good. It's actually great in some point, especially in that third act. So I really, he's one of my favorite composers. So I really follow him a lot, but um, I just, I, no one gives him the credit that he deserves for this movie. And, uh, and so, yeah, anyway, Rogue One, my number six. Like it. All right. Number six for me, Empire Strikes Back. Love the movie. Love Empire. Just definitely not my top uh, five. And if you guys, there are a few more. <laughs> There are a few move. There are a few movies I have not spoken about that you guys all have that is higher than Empire. Empire is amazing. I love it. I love the lore. I love Yoda, Vader. Um, I'm sorry. The one line that always makes me laugh. There's two lines. Captain Nita goes, "Well, I'll go. I'll, I'll let uh, Lord Vader know, and I'll apologize to him." And the very next scene that you see with him, he's laying on the ground dead, and he goes. Apology accepted, Captain Nita. I'm like, why is Anakin so petty? Vader is so petty in this movie. Like, and how many people is like, you're the new Admiral? I'd have been like, no, nah, I don't want it. I'm cool. I don't want to be the new Admiral. Don't fail me. I'm probably going to. So let's go ahead and just bypass the middle part and just make someone else the Admiral. You know what I mean? So Vader, how many people does he kill in this movie? And so for me, it's just, it's hilarious. I think the uh, big reveal, of course, he never... I always knew who Vader was in relation to Luke. So a lot of people I hear that say that they love this movie, which I love it as well, but it's like their number one or they grew up with it was that, oh, that reveal was so impactful for me. That doesn't hold as much weight only because I'm like, I've always known who Vader and Luke are in relation. However, what hits me though is not the I am your father. It's when Lucas in the Falcon, after he gets his hand chopped off and he falls, two things. Number one, when he goes, Leia, help, hear me. And the way Leia's looking into the screen, and she's just like, you can tell she's connected with Luke. And I'm like, I love that 
that connection that the Skywalker twins have. I also like the fact that um, when Luke is laying down and who is it? It's uh, Vader's in, it's after their Cloud City fight, but Vader's in um, his ship and he goes, son. And then Luke instantly goes, father. Like he already knows. And it's, for me, I love the relationship. I love stories about fathers and sons. It's so impactful to me, especially as a father with three sons. So the way that Luke, even after getting his hand chopped off, even after hearing that your dad is like space Hitler, basically, there's something so instinctive and so childlike and also so loving in Vader. Because remember what Vader has always said, Vader doesn't have kids. Anakin does. He always says, Anakin was weak and I destroyed him. Yet, he goes, son, come with me. So he's still evil, but you're starting to hear more Anakin start to break through. And then Luke instantly, father. And he looks up and, come with me, son. So I'm like, oh, snap. This is also impacting, not just Luke, it's impacting Vader. And we're starting to get more glimpses of Anakin Skywalker yeah. starting to come out because of his son. So just like he fell to the dark side because of love for Padme and his mother, he's getting brought back to the light because of the love of his son. And we see Luke start, starting to realize that, hey, maybe attachments aren't always bad. So anyways, Empire, my number six for me. Ouch. I feel like you made a really good case for why Empire should be number one, but you know, I agree. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 wait, wait till I, wait till you hear my. Well, number one is going to be pretty. Yeah, yeah. I think number one is better than Empire. But go ahead. That's fair. That's well, fair. Obviously, you do. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my number six is going to be the Last Jedi. I think that I don't need to spend too much time on it. I think that both Michael and Josh have talked a lot about the good aspects of it, and I'm sure. I think they he still I think that Michael still has the last Jedi further up on his list, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct, sir. Yeah. So I'm sure you're gonna talk more positively about it. I think it's as a standalone movie, I think that The Last Jedi is probably one of the best crafted in the Star Wars in the Star Wars movie lineup. Um my issues with it, unlike like I do realize that the last Je- that the um, the Force Awakens kind of created a basically just kind of brought things back to the status quo of the original tril- tril- trilogy, and I understand that. That being said, um, and I do realize that the, I think the Last Jedi capitalized as best as it could off of that. That being said, um, I do feel like there were some moments that it didn't capitalize on enough, um, and I felt like it wasn't. The Last Jedi didn't do a great job of setting up the third movie, in my opinion. I think that something along the lines of Rey actually taking Kylo's hand would have actually been yes. a more intriguing hook for a third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like at, as as much as the Last Jedi subverted expectations and took the characters and the story into a unique direction, I feel like at the end of the day, it's still kind of brought things back to a certain status quo again. And it just didn't, in the context of the overall trilogy, I feel like it kind of didn't do much to, you know what I mean? 
like the, there's not much more I can say. Like, I think it's a fantastically made movie and I'm not going to dispute that. And I'm not also not going to pretend like it's Ryan Johnson's fault that this trilogy, that the sequel trilogy kind of felt feel feels disjointed. I just think that it just drops the ball for me personally. It's arguably the best directed Star Wars movie for sure. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So that's me next then? You next. We're at, we're at number five, buddy. Hold on. All right, number five. This one's been talked about a lot. Number five, I have Rogue One. Um, For a long time, I actually thought Solo was better um, than Rogue One. But Rogue One, every time I rewatch it, I find something else to love. Uh, The world building. I mean, in one movie, we get a movie that makes A New Hope a better film because it fills in the extreme inconvenience of the Death Star weakness. We get an in-canon, like, emotional story that makes that make sense. We get my favorite space battle in Star Wars, in Rogue One. Um, I don't know how this hasn't been talked about, but the Vader scene. Oh my whoa. God, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I, there's some things I forgot to talk about too that I'm like, oh crap, I can't believe I forgot that. The Vader scene. Vader, bro. I had an issue yeah. with that scene for a long time was why didn't Vader force pull the plans? But actually I found out recently in the book, he tried and failed. He couldn't even get to it in time. Yep. So it sets up his arc even better in that way. Um, getting to see Vader's castle, like the world building with Jedha, um, kyber crystals fueling the Death Star. I don't know if that was even mentioned before Rogue One. Yeah. Um, the connection with Clone Wars, with uh, Saw Gerrera. Like it just builds on the universe in so many ways. I do think there is valid criticisms in the sense that there's not quite enough character development for all of the characters, or some of them are a little bit more flat as opposed to dynamic um, or static, some would say. Um, but it still pays them off the best they can in the end. That film does a lot in two hours and 14 minutes or whatever it is, and it does it well. And I cannot say this, talk about this movie without talking about Gareth Edwards' direction. That man shoots scale so well. I think Alex mentioned that. He did the 2014 Godzilla film, and beautiful imagery he just makes everything look and he makes the death star feel so much more terrifying than the sequel trilogy did with any of the hundreds of death stars that yes up yes 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 so rogue one um especially when watching back to back with a new hope fantastic film next person all right hold on let me cancel that all right good stuff so number five michael you're up baby number five Revenge of the Sith. This movie used to be lower as well, but um, I have really grown an appreciation for almost all of the prequels. Um, and so this one is, uh, I think someone said it earlier, this is the definition of a space opera. Like this is, this is huge. This movie is so, the scale of this movie is just massive. Um, I think it really effectively, for the most part, depicts Anakin's fall um, and like his. Uh, I love how Palpatine is like clearly just like sticking his claws in for the for this whole movie, um, you know, with the dreams and stuff like that. I think it's just so, so. I think it's brilliant. It really shows how brilliant Palpatine is. What one of my few complaints about it is Palpatine, though. Once we discover that he is, or you know, once everyone else discovers, we already know that he is Darth Sidious. He becomes a cartoon character. Like he becomes like, like this, like weird goofy villain. Um, 
And I, I feel like it kind of hurts the, the the seriousness of the of the moment. Um, but overall, though, the, it doesn't hurt it too much because this really like the whole like last half of this movie is like it's so sad. It's a tragedy. It's dark. Um, it really breaks. It really does break my heart, much like Anakin breaks Padme's heart. And um, so. Um, Obviously, I want to. I know Anthony's got a whole bunch to say on this. I don't want to say too much, but uh, I I want to say something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. I love the first like twenty minutes of this movie, the battle over Coruscant. It is a Clone Wars episode, like literally, it is. Like I and I, I think that like really makes me happy. I love that we get this like mini adventure, which is kind of the same way I feel about another movie I have coming up in my next you um and i'll talk about that in a little bit but uh and then you can't talk about this movie without mentioning anakin versus obi-wan man it's it it gets a little insane at times when they're like standing on the little things like hovering above the lava and stuff like that for me it just gets a little bit much but overall dude it is it's an amazing it's an incredible fight they both know each other's moves that they would want it that they would do they both know each other's fighting styles so well it's it's incredible the emotion in that scene the uh th- i will never not get chills and like get emotional with the you are my brother anakin i loved you it, it is like absolutely heartbreaking it's a great movie this movie has definitely risen on my list over the years and is now my number five nice all right for me Number five. I'm scared. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Over Empire. I love Attack of the Clones. I absolutely adore this movie. It, it, <laughs> bring, it, it brings me such warm feelings. I watch and I smile. I love the romance and how cringy it is. I love the I hate, I, I don't like sand part. That particularly has depth of meaning for me. So people are like, I hate that part. I'm like, that's probably one of my favorite lines in all of Star Wars because it reveals a lot about Anakin's character, especially after he says it right after Padme talks about sand. And you see two different worlds. I said, it gives you a picture into Anakin. So all you're listening to is Hayden's weird delivery of it. I totally get that. Even though I love Hayden as Anakin. I wouldn't choose anyone else to be Anakin. But good grief, I hate sand. As a black man, I remember driving in Georgia, seeing a cotton field, and instantly I just ugh, feel disgusted just because of my people's history with slavery in picking cotton. Anakin has been a slave his entire life. He left his mother in slavery. He feels extremely guilty, and he's been having dreams about his mother dying. Sand to him represents oppression. It represents slavery, represents failure on his part to free his mother. And then when he goes back to Tatooine, sand takes on another meaning. And then he burns on the sands, basically, of Mustafar. It's just, it's an imagery of suffering and of hate in Anakin Skywalker's life. So when people, when when he says, I'm like, dude, I totally get you, man. And Padme's like, oh, sand for me. And it's a very privileged way of upbringing for her. He's like, yeah, I bet that is nice when you're laying on the sands of the beach of Naboo. I'm 
getting sent everywhere, working for Watu, hoping I can get off this planet with my mother. And then I get off and then, you know, my mom stays on. So for me, love it. I love the Django Fett and Boba Fett. <clears throat> I thought Boba Fett's little actor was great. Just like I thought Jake Lloyd was a great Anakin. The pod race scene. Uh, and it, yeah, yeah. Love little Jake. But with attack, I love the, um, I love Dooku. I love that they're already working on the Death Star, which plays nicely into Rogue One. Um, I do love the last three. Number one, Yoda using a lightsaber. Amazing. Seeing the hypocrisy and hubris of the Jedi in this movie. Amazing. Seeing Palpatine's manipulation, especially of Jar Jar. Hold on. Someone says, okay, wait. Did someone say something on the chat? <laughs> First oh. of all, let me say this really quick and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you get no, back no, no. to it. Do you think, do you think? I, uh, I want to say on the video, cause I said in the chat, I think that's a great point about the sand dude. I, I, I do think it's a, I think the line maybe it's not as good as it could be because of the way that everybody takes it. It clearly wasn't written quite as good as it could have been, but I love the perspective that you bring to that because I've never ever once thought of it like that. And when you say it like that, it makes total sense. It really is. It's great. But are you talking about Travis? Yeah. So I said that in the chat and Travis says, yeah, but you don't say I hate cotton. It's soft and white and gets everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I Travis, you win, dude. That's great. You can't compare cotton with sand, but Travis, that is funny. Uh, But still back to the comparison, (laughs) I like seeing both their, their worldviews and seeing, by the way, Anakin gives her one of the biggest red flags. When they're talking about politics, he goes, maybe someone should make them listen and agree. She goes, sounds like a dictatorship. He goes, well, if it works. And she looks at him, he goes, Haha, just, just kidding. It's like, no, it's not. It's kind of like when someone is trying to, when someone's like, dude, I can't stand you. Ha ha, I'm just playing with you. No, they just told you the truth and then try to cover it up with the joke. Yeah. Anakin basically just told you like, hey, I'm totally cool with the dictatorship. And you totally choose to overlook that fact. Travis, we love you, man. It's funny, dude. So all that to say. It's great, dude. It's so good. And the last thing I was going to attack of the clones. The last two things. Number one, Obi-Wan and Anakin at the very beginning. Obi-Wan is throwing so much salt on Anakin's game. Anakin's like, girl, what up? You look even better than I remember you back on Tatooine, baby. And then Obi-Wan's like, listen, my little young Padawan, you will remember your place. I'm like, Obi-Wan, why are you going to throw so much salt on Anakin's game, man? Dang. He ain't pro- He's being he ain't creepy, pro- bro. Hey, he ain't flirted with no, but she was kind of feeling it, though. She was kind of feeling it at the beginning. Oh, my, Annie, look how you've grown. I'm like, okay. Okay, Skywalker, I see you. The Force is strong with you, player, player. And, but <laughs> I was like, pop, your collar, pop the collar, Anakin. I'm, I'm feeling it, bro. Hey, and Padme was all for the, I mean, she married the man and gave him two babies. So, obviously, it wasn't creepy enough. The, the, the music, the score, the score. When they're going into the Geonosis battleground, across the stars, amazing. And then lastly, the last three scenes of the movie, from the uh, Begun the Clone War has to Palpatine and Bell Organa looking over mm-hmm. with the clone and then seeing their wedding at the end. And you just get the sense of foreboding. And it's like, uh, it's like Romeo and Juliet. This, is, this isn't going to end well for either one of you guys. So, Attack of the Clones, my number five. Bam. Good stuff, dude. All right. 
Yeah, you've definitely changed. You've definitely changed the context of that sand line for me personally. But even for me, the sand line was never the the that was never the worst romance line. My my Same. the worst line in my opinion was the it's that kiss that I should, that kiss that haunts. I'm me. haunted by the kiss you never should have given me. Yes, it's awful. Hey, as he's saying, well, my thing is this: Padme's like, no, we can't do this. But then Padme's wearing like these really, really like. Super, it seems like kind of seductive dresses, and I'm like, for someone who don't want Anakin to be flirting with you, sure are wearing like some real seductive, yeah, dresses. So, Curry, what'd you say? So, women. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, I know, whoa, there, but no, but I'm just like, (laughs) obviously, Padme, you really don't want him not to flirt with you as much because you dressing to kill right now. Anakin, you know it's feeling you. Stop playing games and give that boy Luke and Leia. You know what I mean? Stop playing. And and to give and to give uh, to give George Lucas a little bit of uh, leeway here, um, I think he was kind of going for like a Greek tragedy vibe. Yeah. With, even with the dialogue and the writing and stuff like that, hence why it comes across as like kind of more poetic ish, and something like you'd find in like a Shakespeare play, only a lot less clever than a Shakespeare play. But anyway, right. you know. So to give George Lucas some credit, I think he was trying for something different here. He anyway, definitely was. That being said, my number five is going to be A New Hope. And for me, there's not much to be said about it. I think that it is, it is a perfect example. Like if you want to know what the hero's journey is, like if you want to understand that concept in storytelling, A New Hope is the perfect movie to watch. Like it's the perfect example for it. I think it is like, it's obviously given us the star Wars universe and it started much of the things that we love about the universe today. That being said, um, I don't think they, the movie is very simplistic. It is, it is, it is pretty bare bones. Um, as far as like giving us like, even the characters fill certain archetypes, like Luke is obviously like Luke is the, um, you know, the kid on the planet that wants more out of life and he is looking for and stuff like that. Obi-Wan is kind of the wise master. You got uh, R2 and 3PO as kind of the bumbling sidekicks. Like there's some tropes that are kind of like turned over. Like Leia is not just a damsel in distress. She actually is a strong, capable person in and of herself. So I think that there's some... Social justice warrior, man. Ugh, I can't can't stand the leftist stuff in my Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> well then you shouldn't be watching star wars because it's george lucas man <laughs> so, uh anyway that being said i there's not much i can say i think a new hope is a perfectly fine movie i think that the first 40 minutes are a little bit slow paced but they do a good job of introducing the characters and introducing the world even though they're slower paced so overall that I, I like the movie it's just not one that i'm like Oh yeah, this is my favorite one to rewatch multiple times. But if I rewatch it, it's cool. Yeah, cool. All right. I think um, my next four, my top four. I think if anybody picks these as their favorite, I'm always okay with it. Any of these, like of my top four personally, um, is their number one. But my number four is, is A New Hope, or as it came out, Star Wars. Um, I think Alex hit all the perfect notes well. This is one that sometimes I rewatch it and I'm like, man, this is moving slower than I remember it. Then other times I rewatch it and I'm like, this is such a perfect first film. 
Like it, it's just such, I think Michael and I, you and I were talking the other day and like, it's like a perfect adventure film. Like in the, not necessarily perfectly constructed, um, but it's just like, it hits all the right beats. And when you think about pre A New Hope, we, we had no Star Wars. But then we have this movie and suddenly we have this universe that feels lived in, that feels like it's being fleshed out. The way that they organically um, just do all this world building is, is really impressive even today to today's standards. There's some things about the movie like in its editing and some of its like special effects techniques that don't age as well when compared to like even the other movies in the original trilogy. Um, there's little low budget mistakes. Like, you know, you see a stormtrooper hitting his head on the door in one of the shots, <laughs> which is classic. You even hear the clank. So how they missed that in the sound design and the sound editing um, is a bit of a mystery to me. But the fact that this was George Lucas's passion project, you see that in every frame. Um, it's constructed so well. It's, it's just so, it's so enjoyable, so much fun. And um, even he didn't expect it to be the unprecedented success that it was. Um, he was sitting on a gold mine. He had no idea. And um, I'm thankful for it, for giving us Star Wars. But I personally, I might could bump it up to number three, um, but I'm very comfortable with it being a number four. Nope. All right, Mike, you up. Curry, good stuff, man. Yeah, dude, great stuff. So I... Uh, I'm also going to go with my number four is a new hope as well. Um, this movie Curry said a lot of really good stuff about it. And I, I think I mostly agree with, I mostly agree with it. Um, to me, this movie is the perfect beginning. It's the perfect beginning. It introduces Luke as a whiny teenager, just wants to go to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters and his uncle won't let him do anything. His uncle won't let him go and live his life and, chase his dreams he's stuck there that moment where he's looking out at the twin sons the score the shot the symbolism everything about it it's the best shot of all star wars i mean it it just is i it is and what that shot means for the rest of the film as luke does eventually his you know uncle owen and Beru die and 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 you see their skeletons which is horrifying um they, uh, I, I really love the, the whole building of Luke's character from that moment on. And, and I know it's a little slower paced at the beginning. First of all, that's just how movies were back then. If you watch an older movie, it's just slower. We have gone just the, the way that the world is today. Our attention span is way worse than it used to be. Um, it's way smaller than it used to be. And so they didn't have to do things the same way back then. But for me, when I watch it, it doesn't bother me one bit. I love that it takes its time building the world out. I love that we spend so much time on Tatooine at the beginning of this movie. And then, and then I love all everything that happens after that, particularly the trench run. The trench run is a classic. It is the trench run that The Force Awakens copied. Um, and, and this, this for ev- every frame of this is, I feel... I feel the urgency. I feel the stakes. I feel that if they don't succeed, a planet is going to be destroyed, blown up. And I feel, and the rebellion is gone. It's crushed. I feel that. And that last little bit where, where Han comes in at the last second and yes. it's just left up to Luke to, to shoot 
to shoot it in the little tiny hole. It's just left up to that. The the timpanies that are going on in the in the music, the doom 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 doom. So doom. suspenseful. It's so like I, yeah. I'm like on the edge of my seat, and this is a movie made in 1977, and I'm just like, what's gonna happen? I know it's I know what's gonna happen, <laughs> but I'm still on the edge of my seat because it's a perfect adventure movie on every level. There's honestly. Even some of the dialogue is not like the best, but it's way, it's not prequel bad though. Um, it is a near perfect movie for me. It's just, it will always have a place in the top four. I can't see myself moving it out of there ever. It's a, it's a perfect adventure movie. So yeah, number four, A New Hope. Super quick, real two, two things I really want to mention about A New Hope that I forgot. Uh, first, the Darth Vader Obi-Wan fight I struggle with it nowadays. It seems a lot hokier compared to later movies, but especially when compared to Revenge of the Sith, I feel like it loses weight, but it's still so important. And, but a new hope doesn't get credit for this. It introduces us to the force. Yeah. There's nothing like the force in fiction, like in any fictional universe anywhere. And it gives us a brief, but perfect introduction to it. That is expounded on later movies. Awesomely but it's so intriguing and mysterious. I don't think force, uh, force awakens, <laughs> a new hope gives, gets enough credit for doing that. So I just wanted to mention. No, I love that, man. So these, these next four films are my absolute favorite. Of course, that's why they're in the top four, but I love them. I, you know, rewatch them. I rewatched the other ones quite a bit as well, but these ones, man, are like either I'm watching the entire movie scenes of this movie. So with that being said, these top four, absolute gold in my opinion. Number four, Rogue One. Love Rogue One. Vader. Uh, unlike you guys, I feel the first time I watched this movie, I was like super sad when they all died. Especially, so one of my top five favorite characters is uh, Cheery. I love my boy Cheery, man. Um, Gosh, he's so amazing. So good. He's, he's great, dude. He's a great character. So great, man. And Baze, too. So, and I, I've listened to the Rogue One novelization, which makes it even better. And gosh, when Jetta gets destroyed and you hear about people's last moments, like the little girl that Jen saves and gets back to the mother when they're about to go see Saul Guerrero, and it lets you know about her last moments before she's killed in the Death Star attack. Devastating. When K2SO died, devastating. Bodhi. Um, it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing movie. I think it's beautifully uh, shot, beautifully made. I, I think it's all, there's not one part of that movie for me that's boring. I think it's very uh, well paced. I love seeing Jen's development, Cassian's, and of course, again, my boy Anakin slash Vader doing work in the hallway. I think it's absolutely stunning. It's amazing. That's like Vader at his greatest right there um it's terrifying well you know hearing his breathing and they all look and you see the red lightsaber and i'm kind of wondering is that like the light at the end of the tunnel for 2021 when they're like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's like you know vader and it's like mm, not every light is good especially if you've seen rogue one which you know that <laughs> so yes there's a light at the end of the tunnel but bro what color is that light is it red or is it blue what's up all that to say rogue one fourth favorite it Sometimes I want to put it in top three, but the, the, the other three I'm about to mention, I love even more. So, but Rogue One, absolutely amazing. Love it. There we go. 
So for the next two, for me, I'm going to say that they surprised me. Um, well, so I'll say for the number four is Revenge of the Sith. Um, I was surprised. The prequels like were very low on my previous rankings. Um, but upon re-watching them, and specifically after watching all of them in order, like within like a day, basically. Um, like, I think that whereas Attack of the Clones, I think dropped the ball on characterization in a lot of ways. And I know you guys may disagree with that. I think that Attack of the Clones made, it made Anakin way too angry, way too violent, way too moody, way like, in my opinion, I think it made Obi-Wan way too overcritical. Um, I think that both of those play into their characterizations, but I think that they really made them kind of feel like one note characters in, in some instances. But I think that revenge of the Sith really made them feel like fleshed out characters. You really sense the brotherhood between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And it really does hurt when you see Obi-Wan have to leave Anakin on the slopes of, uh, of Mustafar. Um, no, revenge of the Sith, like the opening of the movie is I think probably one of like, it might be the best opening to a star Wars movie. Like it instantly draws you in. Um, and it's just such fun. Like it is a lot of fun to watch like the, the quippy dialogue between Anakin and Obi-Wan as they're trying to get onto Grievous's ship, like them running around and trying, you know, facing Dooku. Um, the thematic elements are just brilliant. Like seeing, um, when you like just stuff like the, the scenes where it just parallels, uh, Anakin talking to, Palpatine and he says one thing and then he goes over and talks to the Jedi council and they're basically doing the exact same thing that Palpatine's doing. And you really just get a sense for why Anakin just feels like the Jedi are evil. Like the Jedi, you know, the Jedi accuse Palpatine of being evil, but they're doing the exact same stuff and claiming they're the righteous ones, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's just a really deep and heavy movie and it's, it really did rise a lot higher for me. And it's definitely one that I would want to revisit a lot more in the future though. So. Oh, also just wanted to say, uh, I think that the reason why Palpatine acts super goofy once he reveals himself as being really evil, and this is just a personal theory. I think that he's just happy to not have to put up the facade of being a decent person. I think that he's yeah. just reveling in how he can. I be. like it. I like that. Oh, hey Alex, that's my exact same thought as, you you have to be this phantom menace for decades, and then mm-hmm. you finally you finally free. <laughs> He's having fun with them, and it, I, it's the it's I can do that. I can take that. I can take that. I'll put that in my head cannon now. From a world building thing too, we see a lot of Sith like snarl and growl in their fighting techniques mm-hmm. too, and there's even some like extra cannon material that like the scream Palpatine does like can yeah. cause confusion and force users and things like that, which can explain why he killed the people so fast. Yeah. Rocky, but still. Oh, but yeah, to, to say just what my thoughts are, like, so yeah, for basically my, in my opinion, I think Palpatine's, Palpatine's acting super goofy in the latter half of the movie is the equivalent of when you get home from work and you take off your pants and you just hang out in your underwear at home. So, <laughs> so he's just, it's that except it's he took off the mask of a decent politician to just be completely pure evil so you know whatever he becomes like seriously thank you for that analysis <laughs> like for real <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> that's it i'm done with i'm done with my analysis on that so 
All right. So uh, Curry, number three. Oh no, wait. Are we number three now? Okay. Number three. Yep. Number three. Um, we're in the I'm end game tell now. You, uh, Alex, you're wrong. Return of the Jedi is number three. <laughs> um, no, Return of the Jedi is my number three. Um, I do think there are valid criticisms to be made about that movie. Um, I think the one about Leia is a valid criticism. Um, I, I do think it could have done more with its story. Um, I've, I've read things before, like Lucas didn't have enough story to fill the whole, whole movie. So that's why I feel slow in parts. I don't think it drags like people say it does in the middle part. Um, I think all the scenes we get in the middle, yeah, the speeder bike chase is cool. But we also get Yoda dying yep. and like revealing that Luke has a sister. Um, we get the conversations of from a certain point of view. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, ding, ding. To be fair, like I did DiCaprio see- meme where they're like, the title. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of great things that happen in the middle of the movie. Um, I actually think probably the most issues come from how the first act is structured. Um, I think it's super enjoyable. It's so much fun. Um, probably a little long, but we also needed to resolve the biggest cliffhanger in like movie history at that point, which was Han Solo needed to be rescued. Yeah. Um, it's not quite as well made as A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. It's better edited than A New Hope. However, there's there's more like blue blue and green screen techniques done. And a lot of that, I think, is the director was more of a stand-in director. George Lucas kind of was really the big boss making all the decisions. Um, but Return of the Jedi's final act, man, say what you will about the Ewoks, that doesn't bother me. Like, yep. The Empire has lost to a lot less in other material, so that argument is no avoid to me. But anything with Luke and Vader and Palpatine is just gold. It's just It's a perfect combination of Vader's arc throughout the, just the three movies. And if you have the prequels then it's even better, it's a perfect combination of the dangers Luke faced with the dark side. Uh, we get to see force lightning for the first time. The movie hits so many highs and it ends on such a bright and positive note. The villain, this horrible, despicable villain that everyone was shocked to think was the father of our hero is redeemed and everybody gets a happy ending. People fail, but people also become better, the best versions of themselves. We get a love story. We get redemption. We get victory. And there's just so much to love about Return of the Jedi. I think it overcomes all of its flaws pretty easily. That's my number three. I like it, dude. That's that's some good stuff right there. Y'all can go home about that movie. <laughs> um, okay. My number three. It's going to be hard for me to keep on time with this one, uh, but I will do my absolute best. Oh, no, let me, let me set the timer then. Two minutes, <laughs> Mr. Hoover. Uh, listen, if you want more information about his views, he has a podcast where they talk about it, I think in two parts. So, With <laughs> Josh Metzger. Yep. Consider, consider this your sample platter. Yep. This is definitely a sample, and I will do my best to uh, – I, I will try. <laughs> okay. Number three. The Last Jedi. I cannot think of how I can possibly tell you how much I love this movie in two minutes. I don't really know how, but I do know that it did reinvigorate my love for Star Wars. Um, like Josh said earlier, it 
it literally like I would not have started a podcast if it wasn't for this movie. From the intro on, I love the intro so much because, okay, let me just get this out of the way. I think the humor in this movie is kind of hit and miss. It's not a perfect movie, and I will never say it is. But And I think the humor is part of that. The general hugs thing, eh, whatever. Um, but aside from that, the intro to this movie where we get to follow Paige Tico and her sacrifice is just breathtaking for me. I think it's a brilliant and beautiful intro. And and uh, it, the, the whole way that we get to see just this random resistance fighter perspective and the sacrifice that she gives um she sacrifices clearly you know the medallion represents someone she loves she represents she just she sacrifices everything uh, for the cause and i think we don't see that very often in star wars so i love that intro scene so much luke is this is luke and i i'm sorry if you don't agree this is luke the way that that Luke is portrayed in this movie is consistent with his character in the original trilogy, but he's gone through a lot of stuff and he, and he has failed. He's gone through failure. And that is the consistent theme of this movie is failure and how you deal with it. And so in every storyline in this movie, whether it's Poe or Finn and Rose or Ray or Kylo or Luke, the main theme of this movie is failure and they all go through it. And that is why the Canto bite scene isn't useless. It is, it shows that they failed. It shows that they failed on their mission, even though they could have maybe executed it a little better. I think it's not a perfect scene or whatever, but I do think it's not useless. I do think that that scene served a purpose and it developed Finn's character. Um, but yeah, um, Ray and uh, I love Ray and Luke's dynamic between each other. I love his lessons to Ray, uh, and I love the prequel love that he brings in. In that Ryan Johnson does love the prequel, uh, does love the prequels. He has said that already in the past. Um, I I just love from from seeing Luke in this really bitter old man way in the middle of the movie or to the, to, toward the end of the movie where Yoda comes and visits him. It is this Yoda scene is probably one of the top five, one of my top five favorite star Wars scenes of all time. The dialogue of this scene and really the whole movie, but the dialogue for this scene is just gorgeous. It is wonderful. Um, it is, it, it's breathtaking to see that Yoda has learned from his failure. when he says, Failure, the greatest teacher failure is. We are what they grow beyond. And it's just like this beautiful moment. And and it gives Luke what he needs to go and help his sister and to apologize to Kylo and to bring down the First Order, but do it in the most Jedi way possible. Mm -hmm. And it's, I could go on and on and I will another time, but right now, that is it. I love The Last Jedi so much. That's my number three. All right, all right. Well, my number three, The Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely love this movie. Went to go see it six times in theaters. No shame, no regrets. Love it. I love the breakneck speed. I love, it's probably my favorite opening of any Star Wars movie, from Kylo and Mustafar to him seeing Palpatine. For me, I didn't mind the less dialogue about how he came back. I already knew it was a clone just because, well, he did die. He said I died, so his body's destroyed. He looks terrible. So I'm like, okay, it's a clone body. Obviously, you know, 
his spirit. He, he's too strong. Um, and then I loved his uh, episode three line. You know, the path, the dark side is the pathway to many abilities. So for me, I love the Rise of Skywalker. I think that it made the uh, Last Jedi a better movie for me. I'm gonna not gonna lie. The Last Jedi was a very boring movie for me. It was the only movie that me and my wife felt bored in watching it. We walked out and we're like, "What was that?" I know, Mike. I know. It was. It was just dreadful for me. Um, now I'm not saying it's trash, garbage. It's not. It's a beautifully made movie. I'm not gonna say that. It was just. It was hard for me to get through. I think that even though I love Ryan's guts and boldness, I think he does shy away from that a little bit. Like Alex said, it would have been better. I thought if, you know, Ray took a sand, all that to, to Kylo sand, all that to say with the rise of Skywalker, I think it made Luke's turn better because it was Palpatine manipulating. Um, I thought it was a mistake that Ryan had Snoke die. So I thought Rise of Skywalker bringing Palpatine and say I created Snoke. I thought that was an excellent choice. Um, I thought it honored episode three, hearing all the Jedi voices. Um, I think, and I'm going to go with John Boyega on this one. I think JJ came back and did his arc better because I think it went off the rails in Last Jedi. I thought in episode seven and nine, um, we got to see again the Force-sensitive Soon to be Jedi, hopefully one day, if Lucasfilm visits that time period again with Ray and Finn. So I look forward to that. Um, I love the I last Johnson pass. trilogy. I don't trust Johnson with Finn. So anyone, <laughs> other, anyone <laughs> other fair, than Johnson, I'm cool. Here's the thing about it. I'm cool with Johnson doing another trilogy. Just don't touch Finn again because I don't personally, again, subjective. And I don't, take, I, don't take, I don't take away what Johnson did with Finn's character. He did grow him in a much-needed way. It's not mm-hmm. always about Ray, But I do, you know, I love seeing Finn use the Force. Um, I think that there is some blame to be put on J.J., though, because if it takes place a year after The Last Jedi, there's no reason why Finn can have been trained in that year with Ray. So when the movie picks up in 9, Finn has a lightsaber. It's like, oh, Leia has been training me and Finn for a year. I saw, I can't put that all on JJ or all on Ryan, but I do, uh, I do think that the rise of Skywalker was just a lot of fun. I, uh, like the way that it brought closure to the saga, even though I still hold that return of the Jedi was a better Skywalker saga ending. I still like nine. I like the way it ended. I like the Ray Skywalker adoption. I think it's very gospel, very Bible. Um, so that, that touches me in a way. Um, Man, when Leia dies and Chewbacca gets on his knees and he's like pushing Poe and Finn away, I like teared up in the movie theaters multiple times. Um, so yeah, all that to say, oh, and then just the cinematography. I love the cinematography. I love the Pisano scene. Lando, that's smooth, brother. I love me some Lando. I love Jenna. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I have issues with the movie like everyone else. The dad girl's like, come on, man. Like seriously, bruh. <laughs> seriously, dog. Even for me, who loves the movie, I was like, bruh, come on, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm suspending a lot of my belief for this movie, and you're not helping right now. I will say, though, Dark Ray, never be afraid of who you are. And with the double-bladed red lightsaber, I need some more Dark Ray somehow, some way, because I thought, like, man, I wish we would have got that Dark Ray. Uh, ben Solo turning, uh, turning good again, especially with Han. 
and you know Digo's dad and I'm like oh there goes that father son thing right there where it's like just that it's that emotion so for me Rise of Skywalker my absolute favorite sequel trilogy movie love it um watched it again today couldn't stop smiling love the Rise of Skywalker number three I'm glad you love it not respectful. <laughs> hey, but same thing with you and Last Jedi. I don't need to like. I feel like a lot of people in the Star Wars community feel like they have to crap on everything that someone else likes if they don't like it, or they have to like try to convince people to like what they like or not like what they don't like. It's like, dude, let yep. people like what they're gonna like. So for my Last Jedi brothers, I don't feel the need to jump on Last Jedi posts and be like, oh, it's like, no, I'm happy you guys love it. It's a good movie. Yep. Just, you know, I like other ones better. So for me, um, I was actually rather surprised by this one because this one jumped from uh, my second to last spot to my number three spot, and that's the Phantom Menace. In one, in one rewatch. In one rewatch, yes. And, Holy and crap! Is yes, bro, that's, that's big. Way higher than I expected. Wow, I knew. Okay, the thing is, though, I hadn't watched The Phantom Menace since I was probably probably 13. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's been a while. Um, and not only that, but, like, you know, I, I, feel like, I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of Star Wars fans go through the period where they, they've heard a lot, especially if you've grown up. Uh, <laughs> yes, wow. <laughs> no, uh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, wow. You know, every every Star Wars fan, or at least a lot of Star Wars fans, have gone through a period of uh, oh, the prequels are trash. You know, the original trilogy is the best, and stuff like that. And then, like as you grow up and actually mature as a person, you start to realize that, like, you no, know, that everything that the prequels have their merits and their values and stuff like that. But like rewatching the Phantom Menace, I was surprised at like Josh brought this up earlier how amazing Qui Gon Jinn is as a character, and the fact is that like it's so subtle with him. Like I love stuff. I love stuff. Like um, he, he is not above trying to manipulate boss Nass into giving them a a transport. He is not above cheating and gambling to get the, what he wants. He is also perfectly fine with uh, like, like lying to Anakin and being like, Oh yeah, it's, it's cool. Like I'm just testing you because you hurt yourself. I'm just testing your blood to make sure you're not infected when he's actually testing him for midichlorians because he's planning on basically taking him off the planet. Like it, he's such a shady dude, but I love that he's <laughs> just this maverick that you just don't know what he's going to do. And, you know, I like as a character and Qui-Gon, episode one is Qui-Gon's movie. Like Qui-Gon Jinn is the main character of that movie. And he is such a great presence and he's such a unique character. And I really did feel like all the characters from Anakin to Padme were a lot better rounded off in episode one than they were in the other two movies. I felt like, especially episode two made the characters feel a little bit more one note. Whereas I think the characters were a lot more three dimensional in the first one. Um, And the only, like the only issues that I ended up having with episode one were that I felt like the final battle was very clunky. Um, like I felt like the pacing there was off because they yes. like, especially like the going from Jar Jar to the duel of the fates, like that is a very big tonal shift. Like that is it a is. terrible tonal shift. Um, that's probably the only thing that I would have done. Like the only difference I would have made to the end of the movie 
would have been to make it where, um, you know, they just say, oh, the Gungans are going to distract the the droid army. And then, you know, never show the gun. You just show the droid army marching out there, the Gungans preparing for battle. And then that's it. You just focus on everything else after that. Um, I think that's the only thing I would change. Other than that, to me, the Phantom Menace is like really high up there for Star Wars movies. And as far as the Anakin accidentally destroying the droid control ship, I've got another, I've got another headcanon thing. Let's hear this. Uh, my headcanon thing is that it wasn't actually Anakin that destroyed it. My headcanon is that R2 is the one that actually launched the proton torpedoes to destroy the, <laughs> the ship. So I can dig it. I it doesn't dig bother it. me either way, but I can dig it. Yeah. So I can just, <laughs> just R2 is just like, okay, this kid doesn't know what he's doing. So let's just uh, launch a few torpedoes here. I mean, R2 has definitely done a lot more insane things. <laughs> the hero of the franchise, let's be honest. Yeah. He he is, inspired he's... me to bump Phantom Menace up. I might have to rewatch those two again. You might have inspired me. Um, All right, good. guys. Now, listen, my computer is at about 12%. So uh, we're going to have to really... Suggestion. Yeah. Quick. Charge. To help yeah. with that. Um, how about for our top two? Yeah. Since given our number two, we'll spoil our number one. Why don't we give our top two in, a, in like a condensed like thing and then we can end this okay, time, on, what time is it right now all right how about three is three minutes okay yeah three minutes i can live with for two three minutes for two movies let's yep. do four, four what about four minutes for two movies let's do four minutes for okay. two movies. yeah and if, yeah. if you're under right. you just don't go over okay um all right i hold on i'm gonna start it and exactly at four minutes i'm gonna have to cut you off all right one two three go Empire Strikes Back is my number two, and this shocked even me. So that obviously means Revenge of the Sith is my number one. Uh, <laughs> Empire, as a kid, Return of the Jedi was my favorite. And then, you know, as you get older, Empire is obviously like the standout of the original trilogy um, in, in many ways. I mean, I'm fine with Return of the Jedi being number one. Empire has the best dialogue of the franchise. It has the greatest plot twist in cinema. Whether or not, like, you experienced that, like, in seeing the film for the first time, the effect it had on audiences and how well it's known outside of the film, even people that aren't Star Wars fans usually know. Funny story, my wife actually spoiled that for a coworker today who did not know. She did it by accident. Oh. Man, she oh, had it right. from the 1980 on. Right. So anyway, um, Empire just, it's, it's got a, the sim- a very simple formula. Super enjoyable. Um, there are things, it moves a little bit slower than I remembered in parts. And I think Han is actually just as creepy as Anakin in Attack of the Clones with his romance. Yes, he is. The older I get, the more I see it. it it's Bro, much more, yes. I don't, I don't want to like diminish any kind. It, it, it seems almost sexual assault at times, like borderline. It does. I, it the does. only thing that like makes it okay is that Leia like wanted it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was, she was kind of inviting it. But I want to be careful there. You know, you yeah. guys know what I'm saying. I know what you're um, saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, hold, on. Kind of- hold on, just to cover our butts, and this doesn't cut into your time, guys. If a woman tells you no, you don't say, "Hey, princess," or "You really want it." Just no means no. And that's from all of us here on this podcast tonight. We do not condone. No means no. We do not agree with Han Solo's. Language or actions at that moment. 100%. 100%. Like, I think Leia, 
I think the character moment is supposed to be like Leia is enjoying the banter just as much, but she's kind of ashamed of it. So anyway, that's a small thing I can forgive. You know, the everything on Cloud City is great. Um, there's so much to love about Empire, so many iconic scenes, but I want more time for my number one. And I think I have been a closeted number one Revenge of the Sith fan for a long time. It's probably the one I've rewatched the most. It was my favorite prequel movie as a kid i used to really easily buy into the claims like well anakin turned too easily but as i've gotten older you you pick up on things throughout the trilogy and star wars you can't always judge the films by themselves because they work as trilogies and you see the seeds like even in phantom menace like small seeds like his attachments then attack of the clones is really where i feel like his heart turned and then he just gives in in revenge of the Sith. and clone wars does an amazing job filling in the like extra needs there so does the book. However, if you take those away, I still think it's justified because you see all the things happen within the movie. And the dialogue is the best in Revenge of the Sith of the prequels. There are some iffy parts that don't bother me as much as they used to. Um, but a film with such a strong story as this can overcome its flaws. And Revenge of the Sith does this by the emotion that it pours into its finale. Like, holy cow. Every time I watch this movie, my heart breaks. And I'm drawn to stories where it's like best friends and brothers who are like, their relationships are shattered. And I'm the middle child. I have two brothers. And so stories about brothers draw me in. Um, And in in a way, Obi-Wan's own attachment to Anakin, his failure to like end his life leads to Darth Vader. And there's just so much moral complexity, so much tragedy there. I, I... have not realized how much I actually adore this film until this most recent rewatch. I've actually included it in my favorite films ever now. Um, and I, I think it perfectly encapsulates the tragedy of star Wars, the like hope of star Wars. Um, it's beautifully shot, beautifully edited. It, this is a, this is a hot take. I think it has my favorite score out of all of star Wars. That's great. It's not a hot take. Okay. All right. I just want to be careful. Um, you can't go wrong with any of John Williams scores <laughs> right I mean you, in in Anakin Obi-Wan fight we still get Duel of the Fates along with Battle of Heroes what more yeah. could you ask for John right. Williams' piano was on fire hey, Curry your four minutes are up my friend I said enough I gave you an extra <laughs> two minutes just because I cut you off so thank you of course hey so Empire and Revenge number two and number one for Curry Michael you are up my friend all right. Number two, Empire Strikes Back. Um, Empire Strikes Back is the one out of the uh, the original trilogy. Obviously, that means Return of the Jedi is my number one. I will go into it. Empire Strikes Back is clearly the perfect movie of these two. I understand that. Uh, the 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 depth of the empire strikes back is is (laughs) it's complex even in the parts of the movie that are slow i don't care because of the depth and the lore that i'm getting and we learn so much about we learn like the basic idea of what the force is and the new hope we learn so much from yoda about what the force actually is in this movie it is it's amazing really anytime yoda is on screen for either of these uh original trilogy movies it's like it's perfect. Oh, and Last Jedi, by the way. Um, but between that and then the emotional 
duel between Luke and Vader at the end when it's Luke is clearly not a good match for him. He's clearly outmatched, but it's what the what the original trilogy does with these lightsaber duels is not choreography. It is emotion. It is it is just so emotional. I get chills just thinking about it. Um, and I thought, and I love the, obviously I love the classic reveal at the very end. He's the Vader's his father. Um, and I also love the Hoth sequence. The Hoth sequence needs some love here. It's an amazing, just boots on the ground, rebellion versus the empire. And then we got Luke in there too, but he's more of a pilot in this one. You know what I mean? So like, I love seeing pilot Luke. I love seeing wedge be awesome. I'm a big wedge guy. Uh, so yeah, I love Empire Strikes Back for a lot of reasons. Return of the Jedi, I understand the criticisms and they're valid. I, I totally understand that, but I don't care. <laughs> this movie thrills my heart more than any other Star Wars movie has ever and maybe will ever. Uh, I actually love the Jabba sequence. I love the entire from beginning to end. I love I love all of it. I love the, how the plan comes into effect. And I understand there's a lot of things that have to go right to make this plan work. I understand that, but I love how it works out. Um, I love the Sarlacc pit. I, I love the uh, introduction of the green lightsaber. I love it. It's so good. And, uh, but then beyond that, I actually think that the middle part of the movie that you guys kind of think is boring. Again, I kind of feel differently. I, I really love the dialogue in the middle of the movie really is good. It, it's like, it's between Luke and Yoda. It's like, it's, it's, it's really, re- I don't know. I just, I never feel like that part is boring at all. And then obviously battle of Endor with the, we got the, we obviously have the, uh, the, the, uh, oh gosh, speeders through, through the redwood forest, uh, of Endor. And, uh, that stuff is brilliant. But for me, it's the throne room scene. You guys, this is the, this is the star Wars scene for me. This is the top star Wars scene. It will never be surpassed. The emotion that Luke goes through when, when Vader basically is trying to tell him that he's going, if you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps Leia will. And Luke loses his crap, dude. He totally attacks in anger, cuts Vader's arm off. And he has a chance right there to do exactly what Palpatine wants him to do and go to the dark side. But instead he does the most Jedi thing ever, just like he did in the last Jedi. He throws his lightsaber down and he says, never. I will not turn to the dark side. I am a Jedi like my father before me. And then it's just, I don't know, you guys, that in a nutshell is why I love Return of the Jedi. It's the best and gives me chills. I have them right now. Chills. Just talking about it. All right. There we go. Hold on. Beautiful. Give me a beautiful. Thank you. I need to go grab my charger. Will you go, buddy? Yeah. Wait, we can't throw the order off. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, actually, the final order, not the yeah. first order. I texted my wife. We're going to see if she got the text. Oh, she's asleep out there on the couch. <laughs> my, I think mine is too. Hold on. Oh, my God. I hear her snoring. I probably shouldn't have oh. Nope. She's not asleep. She heard, she, she, she heard the call. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Good Bro, for I her. have to do a Grogu. You know what I mean? She, she well, heard me. It was also 12 15 here, so I should get kudos for going after midnight again. Oh man. 
you're you're a hey, trooper for we sure. Love, we love and appreciate you, big dog. So my two top two first uh, number two, Return of the Jedi. I'm a big hey. I'm a big lover of the whole chosen one prophecy. This is the this is the beginning of Anakin fulfilling the chosen one prophecy. Rise of Skywalker is the final fulfillment of the chosen one prophecy through Anakin, solidifying him as the chosen one. But for me, Return of the Jedi, like I almost like cry every time. Tear up. Um, Once again, when Luke is being electrocuted by Palpatine and you can hear him go, father, please help. And he goes, ow. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like the, and you see Anakin look, and I'm like, oh, snap, like Anakin's breaking through. And he's like, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. And he picks Palps up and throws him over. And I love it. Mm. I love Palpatine's scream as he's, you know, dying. So I'm like, good. That's what you get. Um, when he's talking to Yoda, right before Yoda dies, I love how Yoda was cooking dinner before he died. Like, he's cooking dinner. And Luke, asks, Luke asks about, hey, is Vader my dad? And Yoda's like, I would rather die than have this conversation. So literally, he's like, forget dinner. I'm just going to die. And Luke's like, I need to know. He's like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, man. And then he, like, dies. And I'm like, dang. Like, that's how you know you're annoying, Luke. When someone's like, I would rather die than talk to you. (laughs) He's not cutting into your time. But also, Yoda says, like, he's surprised that Vader told Luke he was his dad. I'm like, you guys didn't know Anakin at all. Like, hey, at all. It just shows more failure. But I also think that, yes, it also shows that Yoda and Obi-Wan, neither one are perfect because they're literally like, we need you to kill him. It's like, you didn't think maybe to tell him that's his father before he goes to kill. Like, he might be really upset if he finds out he killed his dad. So it shows, like, even, like, Yoda and Obi-Wan still have issues. The Jedi Order still has issues. And They're I still love failing. Still failing. And I love that what they got on Anakin about is what saves Anakin because Luke does what Anakin does and I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do what my heart tells me is right. And it pays off. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Jedi like my father before me, which pays off episode four, where he goes, I want to, you know, be a Jedi like my father and learn the ways of the force. Um, I love seeing him kick butt in the very beginning with his green lightsaber. That's such a Jedi thing. I just love it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and with Leia, his conversation with Leia. And he's like, the force is strong in my family. And the end scene, the end scene when he's talking to Anakin and, you know, you saved me. You know, when they fight because he threatens Leia and he's like, never. And I'm like, oh, and the music as they're fighting, father and son is so powerful. When he burns the body, calls back, you know, now that we know we're quite gone. And just the very end when they're all celebrating and they're hugging and it's a perfect ending. And you see Anakin and Yoda and Obi-Wan all there together. I love seeing Hayden there. Um, the music is beautiful. I love the special edition. Sumi Curry. Um, I am pro oh, special whoa. edition. Pro special edition. I, I love that. Just uh, touching my heart. So that leaves so number one. No, that leaves number one. Numb out of here. <laughs> Thank you. Re- hey, Revenge of the Sith. Saw that as a sophomore in high school, and I oh man, best lightsaber fights out of the whole saga. Yoda's versus Sidious is epic. And Anakin and Obi-Wan. And I'm, I, unlike 
Michael, I love when they're on the lava, they're standing on the little things and the they, way they just look, the way that Anakin looks at them in Obi-Wan, they like fight, they look. And there's a certain point in that fight scene though, when Obi-Wan gets a saber and they're on the lava right before Anakin gets cut up on the, the sands, the shore of uh, Mustafar. And Obi-Wan looks at Anakin and you can see him go, and you can tell like he's resigned. Like, it's almost like he's lost hope. And he's like, I'm gonna have to do what I don't wanna do. Either kill him or stop him, but I'm gonna have to do something. So just the, 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 the you know, you're my brother, Anakin. I loved you and Order 66. I love, okay. The opera scene with Palpatine and Anakin. Have you heard the, the, the Dar, you know, Darth Plagueis, um, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the wise? Which is why I have absolutely zero issues with Palpatine coming back. He's basically telling Anakin, yeah, I kind of know about possibly how to cheat death. So when he says that in episode nine, I'm like, oh, that makes complete sense. As someone who loves revenge, he's basically been saying it. And with the cloning, it goes back to Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry, if I'm Palpatine and I'm into, I mean, I cloned a freaking whole Grand Army of the Republic. I was responsible for it. You damn skippy. Excuse my language. I'm about to try to clone myself. So that, (laughs) especially if Plague has taught me force uh, uh, transfer essence or whatever. Man, yeah, you better clone me, bro. So if I'm about to die, I can transfer my soul. I'm not about to die like no punk. I love that you just said damn skippy. (laughs) Hey, Yeah, you simultaneously swore and also like anti-swore in the same sentence. <laughs> exactly. Guys, I am Presbyterian and Reformed. The Reformed like Church. Hey, the Reformed Church is getting to me, bro. It's getting to me. Uh, so yes, yes. Those are my top, those are my top two. Um, my top two: Easy Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. I don't think anything will ever top Revenge of the Sith for me. It's my number one ever. And nor do I think anything's ever going to top uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, Anakin's fall and then Anakin's redemption. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So. Beautiful. So <clears throat> for me, um, my la- so my number two is The Force Awakens. And then my number one is The Empire Strikes Back. And as you guys have kind of talked about a lot of things that you guys think are important for what, like you guys have talked a lot about what's important to you guys for ranking Star Wars movies. And I'm realizing that for myself, um, dialogue and character interaction are huge for me. Like if, if dialogue, like for me, I've noticed that heavy handed dialogue or even if like a movie is like, I think the last Jedi is a thematically great movie, but to me, a lot of the dialogue comes across as very heavy handed and somewhat unnatural at some points. Ooh, wow. That's, I know, I know that's probably not going to, you don't agree with that, but like, just to give that as an example, but I think that the force awakens and empire strikes back, like the characters in these movies are like, I can go up to them and talk to them and have conversations with them. And like, these are people that exist. Like I, I can see character people like this actually interacting with each other. Like if I was like, I feel like I'm there, it immerses me a lot more. So with the force awakens, um, I think that it's kind of unfair to put a lot of the blame for the nostalgia trip on JJ 
I think that part of it, the blame does go to JJ, but I think that a big part, like a lot of people need to remember, the prequels were hated when The Force Awakens came out. Yeah. The pre- like, not by everybody, but by a good, a sizable, a very lo- vocal minority of people hated the prequels. And I think that that was the vibe that a lot of people got from Star Wars is that the prequels were bad, the original trilogy good. And so I think that Disney really wanted a safe, surefire bet. And I've always said this about JJ. JJ is the... JJ is Spielberg light. He is, you know, he's, he's all the nostalgia of Spielberg and like wrapped up in a new, more energetic persona, you know? Um, and I think that JJ presented a soft reboot of the Star Wars universe and I think he did a fantastic job of giving us that soft reboot. And yes, it's very light on world building. Like for me, I ranked them based off of world building and The Force Awakens comes close to the bottom. But in my opinion, it does such a good job of bringing in three new characters, like three or four new characters and making us love these new characters. Like people love BB-8 watching this movie. People loved Ray. People loved Finn. People loved Poe. People loved Kylo. And maybe to varying degrees, of course. But I think that people love these new characters. And I thought of all the sequel trilogy movies, I thought this one was the most respectful of the legacy of the original trilogy cast, in my opinion. I know that the Luke's arc in The Last Jedi, I think, is really good. Um, but I think that showing, uh, Han Solo sacrificing himself for his son is a powerful moment. I do think that Leia still sticking to her guns and still fighting for what she believes is right is a, is a powerful thing. I think that the force awakens has one of the best pacing of the move of the star Wars saga, um, there's just a lot of good things that I really love about the force awakens. And I think it sets up this really interesting story with, you know, Anakin Saber kind of being like Excalibur and Ray kind of being like the unlikely hero that kind of pulls the sword from the stone as it were. That's kind of, you know, when she use when you, we expect uh, Finn to kind of be the force sensitive of this movie, but instead it turns out that Ray is actually the force sensitive. I, I thought that was an interesting twist and I thought that was a like a, a nice foundation to the Arthurian legend with, you know, Kylo Ren as the master of the Knights of Ren and then you've got the Knights of Ren being like a evil version of the Knights of the Round Table and like there, it's a very mythological interesting start to a story that I feel like was never really continued in any of the other movies. So Force Awakens is really good. Empire Strikes Back, a lot has already been said about it. Dialogue is perfect. The pacing is perfect. Everything about this movie, like if I could, if I could just show someone one Star Wars movie to just really like sell them on the trail on the saga, I would show them the Empire Strikes Back because it's it's a perfect movie. Um, and there's not much more I can say about it. Like you guys have all said a lot of the good stuff that's in there, and that's my picks. So I want to say something. Um, first of all, and uh, Lamont Anthony um, might be stealing a little bit of your thunder. Thank you guys for this. This has been such a pleasure to just discuss with you guys. I think this chronological rewatch I did, first time I've ever done chronologically, has been uh, eye opening for me. Um, so it's yeah. been a pleasure for sure. But I want to address that I'm the only one that I think had the entire sequel trilogy at the bottom. I don't hate the sequels, I'm not a sequel hater. 
Uh, Lamont and I have had a, a many conversations about this. Um, you know, <laughs> Lando said it perfectly in Solo. Um, I don't, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I accept it. Yep. <laughs> accept it and I can enjoy it. And um, Alex, you made a lot of good points about Force Awakens. Um, and it, that's why it was my favorite of the sequels for a long time. I can see those changing again. Um, but I did want to, I didn't Don't say let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to say this about the sequels earlier, but Kylo Ren, Ben Solo is absolutely far and away the best part of the sequel trilogy for me. Ben Solo, but I just want to make it clear that even though I still think he started just as a repeat Darth Vader, they make him compelling enough to where his story still felt worth it, even though it's still simple. If I could add on to that, the way that I've always, like what I like about Ben Solo is that, or about Kylo Ren is that it seems like they, they knew that people were already going to compare him to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And I think that they got ahead of the curve and made him a Vader fanboy. Yeah. And I like the fact that they kind of leaned into it rather than try to be like, no, he's not like Darth Vader. He's a totally different person. Like because mm-hmm. they leaned into it a lot more. And I like, I like that they did that. So it's a great arc. I like that too. I think for me with it, with the movie, like I really agree with a lot of the stuff you said about the movie. For me, the world building is such a big issue that it does like, it does bring it down for me. Um, And that's why the prequels have risen for me. Like the, the I'm finding the more and more that I am a fan of movies at all. World building is like really, really important. And it helps with the longevity of how relevant a movie is. Right. And so, like, for me, that makes the prequels so relevant now. And, like, they have gotten better and better to me over time. While over time, uh, The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker have steadily gone down my list just because of the lack of world building. And so, and thankfully, The Last Jedi is just deep enough on every other level for me that hits me right to the core of me. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, that's just my biggest thing about force awakens you were dead on about the characters like they're fantastic characters that's the beauty of star wars is that we can all have very different rankings and there's something for everybody we can all come back and say man star wars is awesome no 100 percent. and last jedi force awakens were at my two least favorite i do not hate the sequels as well again i went to go see rise of skywalker six times um you know i love the rise of skywalker and I, you know, I like certain things about The Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Um, for me, my biggest issue was not seeing the Jedi and I seen the Republic. I thought Rey was a poorly written protagonist. I don't think she was a good protagonist, personally. But she has some redeeming qualities. Uh, overall, I don't care for her character, but the actress is fine. And, um, you know, there's some... I, I thought Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker was Rey and uh, Ben Solo slash Kylo Ren's best movie. I'm just happy, though, with all that said, Disney and Lucasfilm, have, they're, they're, they've definitely learned from the sequels. I think we all can agree the sequels have been yeah. very divisive. Oh, yeah. And I think they are now learning about the need for coherent stories to be crafted, um, taking into account everything that's been coming, bef- that's came before. Uh, I think Mando is showing us that, you know, uh, Star Wars is in good hands. And uh, you know what? Just as a, a passion project of mine, one thing I'm going to get ready to do. So come to find out, 
Of course, sequel trilogy is kind of a mix between Dark Empire from Legends and also Legacy of the Force, which is when, and I, I've never really read anything Legends before. That's just not something I was into. But I think I'm going to read the Legacy of the Force nine book series because it tells the story of Jason Solo uh, turning to the dark side and then Jaina Solo, his sister, having to try to rescue him from that. So I, I do want to know who did it better, sequel trilogy or legacy. So I, I do like to compare now that these things are done. You know what I mean? So, And after Mando's over next week, we really aren't going to have anything new besides the High Republic coming out. And the comics, the comics and High Republic. So we won't really have any animated shows or anything until probably spring of next year with uh, Bad Batch. I want to say really quick, um, I do, I do have hope that just like the Clone Wars helped with the world building of the prequel trilogy, even though the world building was always great with the prequel trilogy it really helped with even more so the world building and the character development of anakin and obi-wan and all of them i do have hope that shows like the mandalorian and um rangers of the new republic and like all those i have i do have hope that they're kind of starting to at least like build out that new Republic world, which I'm like desperate to know more about the rise of the, of the first order and why it ha- felt the need to rise up and why, like what happened with the new Republic. It seems like it was a failure from the get go. And I want to know what happened. I, I'm like well, dying to know. I think Mandel's episode today really went more in depth into. Yes. The rise. I mean, the fact that they actually mentioned Spoiler alert, if you don't want to listen, get off now. Yep. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. All right. The fact that he mentions how people say they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And yep. how, like, the Empire. So I'm like, oh, it's already starting. Like, it's already starting to morph into the First Order now. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. And I think, give it about 15, 20 years, my son's favorite movie is Rise of Skywalker. He loves. The Force Awakens. His first movie he went to go see in theaters was The Last Jedi. Give it about 15 to 20 years. And just like the prequels are now being loved on because those of us who grew up with them are now supporting them. Same thing's going to happen with the sequel trilogy. And honestly, no matter how good something is, people are going to complain. So let's wait until Rogue Squadrons comes out, which is going to be amazing. Oh my god, I'm so excited about that one. Trailer <laughs> with Patty Jenkins was so good, bro. I it know. Was, it, like Top Gun in space, exactly. Yeah. It's Top Gun in space. So you know, let's wait. And I say, give it about even ten years, and the sequels are going to be even more beloved. And people, I love what so I love what someone said. They go when the uh, when a new Star Wars movie comes out, a new Star Wars trilogy comes out. People basically are like, "Oh, this sucks," and then when they either ignore it or take it away, it's like Luke and the Last Jedi, the sacred Jedi text. It's the same thing like with the prequels. People like the prequels suck, but now people like the sacred Star Wars text. Where's Hayden Christensen at? And it's like, you mean the one that hated like, him last year? Hayden, it's like, <laughs> how could you do that? So it's just yep. so funny. Like that, it, that Luke at that moment is the fandom, which is, oh, we hate it. We hate the sequels. And then wait for another couple of years. Like, 
how dare you do that yeah. to Ray Skywalker? We want to see Daisy back. And it's like, wait, what? I think it's kind of like, um, I actually think that the, the fandom is in many ways like Kylo Ren. Like they like to, as they talk about how they're going to let, like let the past, like they talk about wanting to destroy stuff. And, but then at the end of the day, they cling to the past more than anyone else does. And they're, they're afraid to move on into the future. So like the force awakening comes out. It's too much like a new hope. And then the last Jedi is like, I'm going to try a lot of new stuff. That's not star Wars. And then, that's that's, what, there, that's, then, that's you know, the fandom. You know, but you're right though. Then Rise of Skywalker. Well, it's two yep. two three million. It's like what? So at, <laughs> yep. this point, at this point, though, I think I think all story decisions must go through Filoni at this point. Let Filoni have a say. I'm not saying have all control, but Filoni needs to be very much involved because if he was involved in the sequel trilogy, I think it would have been better received. He's basically yes. George Lucas's apprentice. Yeah. Like, honestly. The Phantom Apprentice. You know, he really is the Phantom Apprentice. Like, if he would have, if they would have given him all the stories and said, hey, does this line up? Yep. I guarantee he would have been like, no, we're not going to blow up the New Republic right away. No, we need to see a few more Jedi. Like, and if you're going to kill the Jedi, let that be end of the, you know, episode seven or beginning of episode eight. But we need to see something. Like I think it would have gone better. So I think again, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, amazing. You know, in her uh, her role, her history, she's one of the best in the industry. I think they've learned a lesson. I think Star Wars looks bright. I think yesterday showed that the fact that they brought Hayden back. Let's go. Will I cry? Yep. Probably. Yes. Um, <laughs> So for any atheists out there and you ask, what is the evidence for God's existence? Well, look at Disney investment. <laughs> we got it, bro. That is evidence that God not only exists, but he loves you. But he loves you. Yes. But, hey, hey, so shut yeah. your freaking mouth and come. <laughs> Amen. Hey, I do want to say. Gotta, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, man, I'm going to change subject. Uh, I was just going to say on Kathleen Kennedy, um, we, we've given her a lot of, I, I, even me, like I, you know, I love, especially the last Jedi, but I love a lot of aspects of the sequel trilogy. I def- I've defended it for years, but, um, but there's, it's undeniable that Kathleen Kennedy has made a lot of missteps along the way. Um, she thought stuff was too inside baseball for people and, uh, and was afraid to take real, you know, chances with, you know, bringing in stuff like they're doing in the Mandalorian now. And, um, but like, I think it's time to give her credit to people keep her. Yes. A lot yes. of people keep going. John Favreau and Dave Filoni need to be in full control of Lucasfilm now. See yeah. what we're getting is great. No, I want those guys to be storytellers in Lucasfilm. Continue doing that. Kathleen Kennedy is kind of crushing it because she's letting them do it. That's what a good leader does. She's they learn from their mistakes yeah. and they let their guys do their job. And that's what she's doing now. She's hiring great directors to do great Star Wars stories. And they're, she's letting Dave Filoni and John Favreau tell the stories that they want to tell that get them excited about Star Wars. And a lot of them are very inside baseball. And so I think, and, uh, I think she deserves credit as much as she deserved um, blame early yes. on. And let's give her credit for this. Without Kathleen Kennedy, we would not have season seven of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was Kathleen Kennedy, not Filoni. It was Kathleen who fought with Bob Igar 
saying we need to do uh, season seven. He didn't want to. She goes, no, we need to do season seven and let wow. Filoni finish it out. It, it was all because of Kathleen. Dave Filoni was the one who, like, from what I understand, was like, hey, you like Clone Wars season seven? That's Kathleen. I'm like, yes, we did it, but she's the one who fought for us to do it. And they finally said yes. She deserves credit. Yeah. She yeah. does. I'm a little less optimistic about people loving the sequels in a decade or two. Um, I think the prequels always have their fans, just like the sequels will always have their fans. I think the Clone Wars brought a lot of people over to the prequels. And unless the sequels get something, and Mando's sort of becoming that, but whether it's an animated series filling in the gaps or post Rise of Skywalker filling in the gaps, I think the difference between the prequel hate and the sequel hate is that one is a prequel that some felt hurt the world of Star Wars or didn't explain things enough. The sequels are the end. And for a lot of people, myself included, it's a lackluster end, and that's different. Good point. You, you took an already great ending and tried to make something new. Yeah. And yeah. for lack of, I mean, I'm not saying that this is true, but it ruined it for a lot of people. And I have Last Jedi where it is now after a lot of thought and a lot of processing, but it almost killed Star Wars for me for a long time. It was actually the Mandalorian that kind of reignited my love last year. Um, that's so crazy because it literally like made yeah. me love Star Wars so much that I wanted to start a podcast. <laughs> and I think it hits everybody differently. It does. That's, that's that's the beauty of it. Because the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it more. And then I kind of gradually like, and that's the thing about the sequels. Like the first high, like I'm like, man, that yeah. was better than what whatever. And then you think about them and they don't always hold up well under scrutiny. Like especially – Rise of Skywalker, in my opinion. Yeah. But I also get why people love it. So, but that being said, I think you hit the point perfectly, Anthony. Um, Lamont, sorry, I never know what to call you. Um, <laughs> Either one thing. is fine. <laughs> I know you was one thing, but it says, anyway, Kathleen Kennedy made some huge mistakes with the sequel trilogy. And if I'm not wrong, it was after the Disney acquisition that Clone Wars got canceled in the first place mm-hmm. from Cartoon Network. So, I mean, she was still head of Lucasfilm then. So she's definitely made mistakes, and but she's learning from them. And now we're headed into an unseen era of Star Wars. We have so much content, so much world building, yes. so much to love and so much to do. It's, there's never been a more perfect time. You can say Disney ruined Star Wars because they have a lackluster sequel trilogy. I get that. Disney did not ruin Star Wars. They had a one-week trilogy, and they also have Mandalorian. They have... Clone Wars season seven. They have, we have all these shows coming. We and have I, so much to be excited. And as, as long as they, as I don't know when, but they have to do a Luke and Ben Solo series so people can get that Jedi order that they've wanted to see and that they yep. didn't get to see because of JJ's decisions in seven. For me, for me, I, I, I still wonder why we never even heard the name Anakin in the whole sequel trilogy. And he's the main Skywalker, you know, according to George Lucas, it's about him, his legacy. That's why I love, that's one big reason why I love Rise, hearing Anakin's voice, talking about him bringing balance. I'm like, all right, cool. And the fact that Palpatine and I did die, cool. But I agree with you. A lot of decisions were made that I think in hindsight, we agree that it was a misstep. It It was a mistake. But my thing is this, if we want, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I love 
love Harry Potter. I'm like hurting because we have like, besides the new game coming out next year and Fantastic Beasts, whenever that comes out, we really don't have a lot of new Harry Potter expansive universe material. So it, we're left to like keep rereading, keep rewatching. I would love to see Harry Potter get an expanded universe. But if I want that, I have to be willing to take the bad as well as the good. Same thing with yeah. Same thing with the Star Wars. People complain about the bad, but they're forgetting that we have way more good than we do bad. Yeah. Clone Wars, Mando, all these new things. If it wasn't for Disney, it just it, it we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have this stuff. It would have stopped at Clone Wars and Episode uh, Three. So all that to say, and Rebels. In Rebels, yeah. where we have Rebels, what to me is amazing. So for me, I'm willing to say, hey, there's some bad. Overall, it's great. The the future of Star Wars looks bright, and I can't wait to see what else we get. You know, this coming decade. So, but I think yeah. uh, we're gonna want to wrap it up, brothers. Three hours and forty five minutes later. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even have Josh for half of that. <laughs> We rushed through those last couple. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, I I could have talked for another hour about my top. Well, really my top three and my top one. I, I could, it's almost like empire strikes back is so good. I have so little to say about it. It's kind of weird. I think it's like an understood rule. Yeah. 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 All right, brothers. Well, Hey guys, listen, thank you for joining us tonight on our ranking. I think we went how long? Wow. Almost four, almost four hours. (laughs) we love star wars so with that being said y'all we love y'all god bless and uh good night